Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well on this wonderful and beautiful Thursday morning. It's good to see all your wonderful sweet faces this morning. Well, I can't see you, and it might be a good thing. Who knows what you look like? You might be in your underwear, and uh, really don't want to see that. So, uh, but I'm glad to see all of your wonderful names popping up this morning, and that you can join in and watch. And glad that you are here. Let's see all we got watching this morning here. Brandy Boyd Young, glad you could watch. I hope that she is awake and lucid. Yesterday, she was in so much um, painkillers. I was getting tickled at her at the faces that she was making and uh, how she was responding, uh, bless her heart. Carolyn Kelly, Kelly Jeanette Swift, uh, let's see, Karen Smith, Amy Oaks Turner, Michelle Fox Harris, the myth, the legend that is Miss Mousy, Darlene Barker, I appreciate you all for tuning in. I see that there's many, many more than that who are indeed watching, but uh, it's all the names that I see. So as always, if I didn't call your name. It's only because it did not populate into the field in which I am viewing. So there you go. All right, my friends. At this time, let's do our morning Pledge of Allegiance. Attention, salute, and pledge. Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and will hide its words in my heart, that I might not sin against God. All righty, praise the Lord for those wonderful pledges we get to say each and every morning, and the freedom to do so. Uh, you know, as Christians, the fact that we show patriotism, the fact that we uh, want to put God first in this country, we are looked down upon, uh, we are referred to as Christian nationalists, uh, you know, those terms that uh, the liberal left, uh, the unbelieving wants to use as disparaging terms in order to try to denigrate and demean. But here's the thing, you know, it is, uh, we do have patriotism and we do love God, we do love Jesus Christ. Yes, we want to see souls saved. We are not asking for a theocracy. Uh, we do have the freedom of this country to believe however we want to. However, it doesn't change the fact that this country was indeed founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic, whether they like it or not. And we are here to preserve what is right and holy and to push back against the evil that wishes to penetrate and destroy this society. So, you know, they can call us names all they want to. kind of goes back to the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But, uh, you know, so it's the best thing to do. Let them call your name. What's it, what's it matter? I've seen a lot of people uh, on social media who are uh, defending abortion or, uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry, defending the sanctity of life, rather, <laughs> it's a better way to put it, uh, and uh, or uh, pushing back against homosexuality. And as soon as the words 
uh, judgmental come out, Christian nationalist, whatever it may be. All of a sudden, I see Christians backpedaling. Well, oh, no, no, I'm not judgmental. No, 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 my day too much. Like guys, it stands your ground. Who cares? I don't call you every name in the world. I don't care less, man. I'm tired of it. You know, it's time to start taking a stand. I'm sick of this people giving into this cancel culture baloney. You know, I'm sick of this the pseudo guilt the liberal left is trying to put on white people uh, for for their erroneous uh, discrimination. Uh, and it's just you know it's ridiculous. People, we need to start standing our ground, push back, and if they don't like it, guess what? You know, so growing up, that's what I heard. Hey, not everything's about you. Get over it. You know, you know, it, it just said it's amazing. Uh, the crybabies out there that uh, if they don't get their way, uh, they throw a fit. And they, they had the, the uh, audacity to uh, call us fascists when they're the very ones trying to silence any opposition or differing opinion. So, uh, Craziness, my friends, absolute craziness. All right, let's look at a couple of verses here this morning, which directly mean uh, kind of the same thing, which we'll be referring to this morning. Let me get over here, get my slide up. All right, the first one uh, was on the written devotion up in all social media this morning. Is Galatians of chapter 3, verse 9. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All right, let's look at our next slide. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. All right. So two verses in regards to meaning the same thing. And in fact, that it was Abraham, it was by grace through faith that he trusted God in order to do what he was called, what God told him to do, and how uh, the many nations, uh, the, his generations, his, uh, his, it would be numbered more than the stars uh, because he trusted God. And then it is as Christians, we have that same faith in Christ Jesus to trust in him, to know and understand his leading and calling, and know that there's nothing to question, that he's going to meet us and our needs, and that he's always going to be there for us. You know, there's a lot of people out there, uh, I think even seasoned Christians alike, who have the erroneous idea that there is the only way they can get to heaven is through their works. Even though they have been been forgiven of their sins, they still feel this guilt, uh, this conviction that, oh, well, I have to still do something so that God will not reject me. And see, that's from the pits of hell. That's from the devil himself, because God gives us salvation as a free gift. It's not something we earn. There's even people out there who teach that we have to meet God halfway. It's insanity. You know, there, there's no works at all. It is by faith, which is a gift of God, all right, that allows us to trust and depend upon God. And when we ask for forgiveness, he is faithful just to forgive us our sins. And so there's no added works to that to make that possible. So that's why, you know, friends, when we mess up, we know that if we ask for forgiveness and with all sincerity, you know, not a half-hearted, flippant, oh, forgive me, Lord, knowing that you're going to do it again. No, the fact you're truly convicted, knowing and understanding, God, forgive me. I am sorry. I repent of my sins. Help me to do better. All right. And then that's when we understand that we are forgiven. It is over with. God chooses not to let it, uh, not to bring it back over our heads anymore. And it's done and over with, you know, so we can let it go. But here's the thing we need to ask ourselves. If you are standing before Jesus Christ today, all right, if you if you died right now and you were standing before God, if you're standing before Jesus and God said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Now, see, that's a question you need to ask yourself. What would I say? Oh, Lord, I, 
I've done good things. I've done great things. I, I was benevolent. I was kind. Hey, I went to church every time the doors were open. But guess what? You never made a profession of faith, and you're going to spend an eternity in hell. See, that's a bad thing. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell because they never repented of their sins and accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. See, that's what you have to say. When God asks, why should I let you in? Because I trusted in your Son. I know that He died for my sins. He saved me from your wrath. He saved me from eternity in hell. He died for me. He rose from the grave for me. I repented of my sins, and I accepted Him as my personal Lord and Savior. And see, and then that's when he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the gates thereof. So my friends, that's what we have to understand, because it is God's wrath, his judgment that demanded, all right? It was demanded because we were headed to hell. See, there's some churches who go too far in the, in the direction of all they preach is hellfire and damnation. And there's other churches who go to the extreme who mention nothing about God's wrath at all. You know, you have people after like uh, Joel Osteen out there that all he wants to do is smile and just tell everybody they're just wonderful and joy, joy, joy and flowers and sunshine and you know all is good in the world. This guy is an apostate. He is a scumbag. I have no use for him. Joyce Myers and the like. You know, T.D. Jakes, all these people, they're nothing about money, God blessing your pocketbook, all this stuff. Uh, that uh, What's her name? Moore lady. I keep her last name is Moore. They're all... They're they're, they're just, uh, man, they're, they're just out there, man. I have no use for them at all. But here's the thing we need to understand, that God's wrath is real. See, if there's no wrath, if there wasn't God's wrath, there's not the possibility of hell, then there's no reason for him to send his son to save us, all right? If it's our works that could do it, there's no reason for him to send his only son to die for us, to be beaten for us, all right? To be nailed to a cross for us. There's no reason for that. That's why we have to understand Truly, God's wrath and the fact that we will spend an eternity in hell fire. All right, it's not going to be some big fun party where we sit there on a on a uh, on a log and it's just a little hot and we're drinking a beer with our buddies for all of eternity. That's, it's going to be beyond excruciating anything that we could possibly imagine. All right. We have to understand that's what we're, where we're headed. That's what we deserve. But because of God's grace, we keep, some people look at God as some big angry uh, God who's out to, to destroy us. And, and Jesus is just holding him back saying, oh, no, I got this. No, God is loving, kind and benevolent. That's why he sent his son to save us and to show us the way. You know, it's just crazy how those in the world, I mentioned this last night on my way home when I was doing a little devotional, is the fact that when you hear the word evangelical, you know, most of us understand an evangelical Christian is one who loves the Lord, who wants to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, but those in the world, those that uh, Satan has blinded, those who have no clue, think that um, an evangelical is just a politically motivated individual. They think born again is somebody who left the church, decided to come back. They see Christians as anti-choice, anti-gay, angry, violent. That's how they view us as Christians. We have to understand and show that, yes, we have to stand our ground, but we have to speak the truth in love and help people to understand God's mercy, His grace, His love. But without God, without Jesus Christ, you will spend an eternity in hell. All right? If you don't want to believe there's a hell, then you've believed a lie from the pits of hell. That's what the devil wants. And so people need to understand, you know, this, this life is temporary. And we need to be make sure we understand the eternal, all right, where we're going to be for all of eternity. 
And that's what we need to pursue and understand. And so, my friends, if you ain't got that through your thick head yet, you better get that through your head and understand, I need to repent of my sins and I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And if you are a Christian, you need to stand your ground and quit kowtowing. You need to quit backpedaling. You need to quit giving in. You need to quit uh, uh, justifying sins. You know, well, you don't understand. My, my, I have a son that's gay or a daughter that's gay and, or a family member or friend they're sweet wonderful people well that's great they may be the sweetest most wonderful people in the world you can still love them no you know god's not telling you to reject them and no longer have nothing to do with them if that's your family member your son your daughter you still show them love but you don't condone those sinful actions it is wrong all right and whether it's that or or drug addiction or whatever it is, maybe, or they may be murdering somebody. All right, you know, obviously if they've murdered somebody, they need to go to jail. They need to pay for what they have done. But uh, you need to pray for them, just like any other sin out there. You need to pray for them, cover them, that they will come to know Jesus Christ before it's too late. Try to get them the help that they need. But you've got too many Christians out there that think that uh, uh, that Christianity is nothing but uh, love, puppy dogs, and snails, and joy, joy, joy. That's all it's about. Man, we need to make people understand they're headed to hell, all right? And we're trying to throw them a lifeline to save their lives, that they are in need of a Savior before it is too late. And I don't think enough people are getting that through their heads to understand that. All they're worried about is the here and now and making everybody happy, appeasing the world, and so that nobody thinks they're judgmental. Oh, my gosh, let's all be called that, shall we? Man, come on, get over it. All right, it's time to stand up and be the men and the women that we are called to be in Christ Jesus. All right? We get angry. We get upset with the things of the world, and we get upset with things of politics. And that's why these, uh, these, this generation between 16 to 29-year-olds, they don't understand our frustration and anger. And uh, many like the, the boomers, if you will, uh, you know, they may have left the church, but after they got married and had kids, all the times they come back to the church. But they're seeing now that many of these, 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 these newer generations are not doing that. They're not coming back to the church at all because of, of their uh, severe attitudes towards Christianity, and we need to try to change that to a certain extent so that we can understand God's grace, love, and mercy, but at the same time, we have to hold our ground and not give in to that. But remember, it is not about works. C.H. Spurgeon said, I asked any saved man to look back upon his own conversion and explain how it came about. You turned to Christ and believed on his name. These were your own acts and deeds, but what caused you thus to turn? Do you attribute this singular renewal to the existence of a something better in you than has been yet discovered in your unconverted neighbor? No, you confess that you might have been what he now is if it had not been that there was a potent something which touched the spring of your will, enlightened your understanding, and guided you to the foot of the cross. So we are being rescued by from God's wrath, all right, when we accept Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. People understand the God of this world has blinded so many, all right? And so that's why they don't know how to turn to God. They don't know who God is. That's why we have to try to get through to them. But remember, we can't save anybody. It's bad you like to shake them and say, wake up. What is the matter with you? All right? It is only through the Holy Spirit that convicts and touches their hearts and mind. All we can do is plant a seed. All we can do is explain to them Jesus. All we can do is try to invite them to church. 
And then it's up to God from there. Somebody has to plant the seed, somebody has to water it, and somebody has to cultivate it. And God has called these individuals for that to happen so that this person come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But we have to understand, as Christians, we have a job, we have a responsibility to get the word out. My friends, the church has turned into too much of a self-help kind of place to go. All right, this is not a motivational, you know, I think some people look at, you know, as, as church as a motivational uh, speaker type uh, meeting, you know, and uh, how it can only build you up and build your marriage up. And, you know, it is beyond that. It is beyond the scope of that. And we need to make sure that we're not so much trying to say, well, I ain't getting nothing out of it. Make sure that you're actually putting something into it and you're praying as that speaker is, is, is uh, talking what God has laid on his heart. And so that you can say, you know what, how can I use this to cultivate my own spiritual life, that I can grow stronger and closer to God, to be more on fire for Christ Jesus? How can I use this to spread the gospel message? How can I use this to, to be a better Christian? I mean, it, it, it applying that to your life, not simply going through the motions so that you're looking at the clock saying, all right, it's 12 o'clock, man, I'm out of here. I've done what I had to do. Now let's eat and have fun. You know, it's time to party now. We got this over with. Now let's go have fun. You know, I think there's a lot of attitudes that people have in regards to church. It's the chore they have to get over with all right let me get my hour so i can get this done and i can get go do what i want to do you know we don't need to have that attitude we need to be excited looking forward to church all the time i'm hearing people saying we need revival we need revival but what are you doing to make that revival happen in your own life that's why it's important and imperative that you are on fire for christ jesus because as i said before if you can get on fire for the lord your brothers and sisters christ get on fire for the lord and when you've seen a huge bonfire you know where we used to live uh, the neighbors there they constantly throwing um uh, piles of brush and stuff and one huge i mean this thing was i mean a huge brush pile if they ever set that thing on fire half a grade would probably go up but if you could imagine if they did what a roaring huge fire that would be if you want a revival we need to make sure we are making a roaring fire with us as christians you know if you're going through life going through the motions of well, yeah, I'm saved. Uh, you want to come to church? Uh, okay. I mean, well, that's really going to motivate people, you know. Wish we had revival. What's for dessert? I mean, you know, come on, guys. We've got to get on fire for Jesus. We've got to get excited for the things of God. God has saved you from his wrath. God has saved you from the, from the, the eternal burning hell fire that we deserve. God saved you, so you should be excited. We should be on fire. We should, we should be so happy what Jesus Christ did for us that we cannot stop or withhold that, and we want to tell the world what Jesus Christ has done for us. Yes, there are political issues we need to push back against. Yes, there are liberal progressive agendas we need to push back against. There are things that we have to do corporately as Christians to push back against these things that wish to take away our freedoms and to destroy our convictions as Christians, but on a personal level we need to make sure that we are showing love and understanding without conforming to the world without justifying sin without uh, accepting sinful lifestyle choices we have to make sure we are standing our ground and do what is right and holy man we have to answer to God, nobody else. Remember that. And we have to do what the God's Word says. And you know, there may be things in there you don't like, but guess what? It doesn't make it relative. It doesn't make it subjective just because you don't like it. And that's because, you know, it may step on your toes and bring you under conviction. That means there's areas in your life that you need to change and so that you can be closer to God. I don't give a rat's derriere about the culture, society, and what other people have to say. What I care about is what God's Word says, and I want to stand completely, totally on His Word. And I will preach with 
with my last dying breath that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if the only way you're going to have an eternity worth that's full of love, peace, is through Jesus Christ alone. All right, it's God plus nothing. So don't bank on your works. Don't bank on the fact you're going to church going to get you into heaven. It's only understanding what Jesus Christ done for you. So my friends, let's make sure that we tell the whole world what Jesus Christ has done for them, what Jesus Christ has done for you. And when you could do that, you could be the mighty men and women that God has called you to be. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this <clears throat> wonderful day today. Lord, thank you. For your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. Help us, Lord Jesus, stand true, to stand strong, to be on fire for you, to grow, to never give up. Lord Jesus, let us strain and reach, Lord, for your glory, your grace. Lord, help us, Lord, to have that mind of Christ. Help us, Lord Jesus, to serve you well and to be a light in this world of darkness like never before. Lord, those who are watching or listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God and protect us this day. Lord, I pray that you be with all my brothers and sisters of Christ who are watching and listening this morning. Pray that you watch over. God, to protect them. Lord, be with my daughter and all and my son and all of our kids that are going to school, work, or play. Lord, I pray that you will give them grace and mercy. Lord, put a hedge of protection of battle. Let them get to their destinations back safely and problems or complications. Pray that you be with my wife, that you bring healing upon her and take away any pain and discomfort she's experiencing. And Lord, I pray that you be with Kim Penix, bring healing upon her and, and so many more that uh, offered up prayer requests and concerns at church and here online. Lord, to help us to serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I do hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.